Hello, Eugene. Hey, how's it going? Going good. Going good. Recording this on a Friday, so I'm actually excited about the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I think I am too. You know, um, you brought this topic up for discussion, cryptocurrency, but actually I've been talking about it a lot involuntarily, I must say, because um, clients talked about it or in my mastermind, we talked about it, we talk about it or whatever. But um, what kind of, what are you, what's your opinion on it? Because I do certainly have an opinion on it too. So I guess like when it first started happening, I was still like not financially stable. So it just seemed like a thing that I could possibly get interested in, but I couldn't like buy it. So I kind of had a bias against it because I couldn't participate. And now that I became more financially like stable, I have a job and stuff and I can throw like a couple of bucks at some like random like projects or hobbies or whatever. I I downloaded Coinbase, which is like the most popular crypto wallet in the US and I just like threw a couple hundred bucks in there and I've been like messing with buying random coins. And like, I, I understand that I got in at the time that it was like peaking, but I sort of justified it to myself that like, you do have to start at some point and like, you know, the stock market keeps going up, but that doesn't mean that like people shouldn't start investing today. So I like, I don't know too much about the tech behind it, nor does it seem like interesting to, to me. Cause I don't, I don't really know anything about it, but I thought it was an interesting sort of play thing to sort of like think about and try because it was so popular before and then it lost popularity and now it's sort of back. Mm-hmm. My main sort of concern with it is like the tax situation. Tax, yeah. <laughs> like I know a bunch of people that bought Bitcoins years and years ago and they never sold them. So they don't know anything about the tax implication. <laughs> and, you know, they're sitting on like, tons and tons of earnings or, you know, like whatever growth and equity that it did, but they're like scared to sell it because, you know, what do you do about taxes? And uh, I don't know. I feel like it's getting easier to buy and sell it and more and more companies are starting to offer coin crypto based products or services. And I don't know. it, It seems like an interesting new thing that may or may not take off, but, that's sort of where I am. I'm just like trying it out, seeing what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, your concern is actually right on the money because um, I hate Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency for that only reason. Like, I don't care, you know, what people do, how they speculate, whatever, with this with this new asset. But the reporting side of things is very concerning. And the, the, I mean, the bottom line is that there really is no reporting that's been done well. And what I mean by that is I'll give you an example. So typically when I work with a client um, who sells any other type of financial asset, a stock, an ETF, a mutual fund, whatever, uh, typically what happens is they are required, these brokerages are required to produce a 1099 form. And usually for larger brokerages, for actually for many brokerages, 
It's a one form that's called the 1099 Consolidated that shows you the, your 1099B, which is your sales of stocks or bonds or whatever, 1099DIV for dividends, 1099INT for interest, and some other stuff possibly. Um, so it's easy for me. It's a, usually a one-page summary, how much dividends you made. These are the five different things that you need to report. Done. Coinbase, at least um, I have two clients um, who have that, who have a cryptocurrency account or whatever. And even though they bought it and never sold it, um, I cannot tell from the report that that's what happened. The report shows on this date, this was deposited from bank, then it was transferred somewhere else, then it was transferred somewhere else. And I can't tell from that, how am I supposed to calculate that gain? I don't see at which point it gets cashed in and then and therefore like sold and therefore you recognize the gain. So it makes my job a freaking nightmare when it comes to cryptocurrency. Plus it's now heavily regulated, you know, for 2020 returns, tax returns. There now is a question on the front page of the form, have you traded cryptocurrency or owned or own cryptocurrency? So it becomes, it gains traction in terms of the government's catching up. Um, and it's kind of like weird, um, you know, it's weird that, um, we have to also catch up, but like nobody, none of these platforms where you can trade it, nobody can do, um, good reporting so that at least my job is easier, but also you don't get in trouble for not reporting it correctly. And that's sort of the the essence of it. And I guess the the comparison that I keep making is that these coins are sort of like casino coins where what? You know, casino? Oh. You know, like tokens or you know. And you go into a place and you exchange real money for these coins. And they have their own internal economy. Another maybe corollary is like collector items. If you buy like baseball cards, mm-hmm. you can buy it for like a dollar for a pack 20 years ago, and today you can sell it for $1,000. There's no reporting. and Yes, there is. <laughs> there's, no, there's no person that will give you a Correct, report. Yeah. Like you did buy this on eBay for $1, and then some time passed, and now you decided to sell it. I'm sure the IRS would love for you to report that you know, I- increase in equity, I guess. But I don't think people do that. Because there is no form generated from like the person you sold it to also on eBay. And I think cryptocurrencies are are similar where sure you're buying it, but you don't have to use Coinbase. You can you can mine the Bitcoins, you can transfer them to wallets that aren't like connected to anything. It I feel like from a tax perspective, it's way closer to like collector items than like stocks. And it's different yeah. to track not, not like the, the actual coins, but the, the, the transactions can happen on many different platforms. So like there are now services that try to like calculate your tax liability, but that's not really the point of them. They're, they're almost collector items. And like, yeah, if, if you if you're like income source or if you have a significant amount of money generated from trading baseball cards, that's also a pain for your accountant. Mm 
And I'm assuming that no one actually reports these games. <laughs> well, the, there's a big difference between a collector's item that's illiquid, is kept for a long period of time, not actively traded anywhere, and a coin that is actively traded that is liquid that you can buy goods and services with. So there is a little distinction there. And um, I think that's what makes it not suspicious, but kind of like um, draws attention from the government, you know, tax agencies to that currency. Because, I mean, the United States government um, about 10 or 12 years ago went after people who had foreign accounts. It created a law, which actually that law was was an old law. They just kind of brought it back to life. Um the law was that you, as a U.S. citizen or a resident or a tax resident, I'm not going to get into that, you are obligated to report any financial holdings, whether it's an account and whether it's it can be someone else's account, but you have the signature authority over it, uh, foreign accounts that you hold, foreign companies and businesses that you own, that's a required reporting. And in, 20, in 2000, about eight or nine, um, the IRS criminal division actually went after people who've been shifting money to Switzerland, for example, um, and, or other many other countries in 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 Europe, uh, offshore uh, offshore um, zones and stuff, um, because they never reported this stuff. So, and the penalties were huge. Um, and I think that it's similar um, with this cryptocurrency situation right now, where there will come a point where they will figure out a way to get you for it if you're trying to hide money and not pay tax on the earnings, um, they may get you for it, I think. Like, sure. If, if you somehow gain the interest of like, an, like a financial investigator or like a forensic accountant or something, then they go through all of your books and they, they figure out like when your money came in and when it went out and all this stuff. But, it it's hard because just like with baseball cards, I can just like have some cash. I can like squirrel it away. And then the thing that I buy is cheap and then it increases in value. And then you sell it or, you know, like transfer it to something else. You can like trade cards with people for services in theory. Like we can set up just between me and you a whole economy based on, you know, a random thing. Like money isn't real except for when you like believe in it. And I think it's an interesting sort of problem. And like, for me, I don't think I did any trading last year. So I guess next year I'll have to like figure that out. And I have been like playing with it. I've been you know, buying and trading and selling. And there's some sort of interest situation with some of these coins. And I know with um, a service I use, Betterment, which does like robo investing, they have. What does that mean? Uh, so, you know how you have like index funds and like single mm-hmm. funds and all that. So, robo investing is you just put some money in, and is like a it's like an algorithm that decides what things to buy and when to trade, and so they, it's like someone's managing your portfolio, but it's actually like an algorithm. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think last year, and it was like a single sign-on, uh, or like you can log into Betterment from like TurboTax, and it pulled all the records. And it was like a bunch of transactions because they just, you know, 
do transactions all the time. But the integration was nice because I didn't have to enter those numbers. It just it just pulled them because it's a single source. But like, sure, you can use Coinbase, but there's other ways of storing and holding coins that it it, it almost seems unenforceable <laughs> until until what? like until Coinbase goes public and they get regulated so hard that they have to provide reporting or like they can't accept like cryptocurrencies from other wallets that I don't think that's gonna, I don't think it's going to work. So it, it, it seems like an unenforceable sort of situation. Well, um, maybe, but they will figure it out. The government may be slow, but they do catch up. And, um, um, I think that, um, well, I believe that, uh, when you, um, uh, when you, do it right. Um, it actually is great because, and I'll explain what I mean by do it right. Um, so you can transfer the money, you know, from different places to different places, but, um, I'll give you two examples where I think it's, it can surface. First, first point is if you want to take that, you know, cash it out, then that's it. You're basically surfacing the money, like you're bringing it to, I don't know, you're grounding it, whatever the expression is, whatever the word is for that. Um, you're grounding, grounding it. And um, uh, when you do, that agency that will do it um, will report that you've cashed out. And it's going to be up to you to find your basis to report, meaning Let's say you cashed out your Bitcoin for 30000 right? Well, 40000 um, And um, nobody knows what you bought it for. So if you don't find a way to prove that you have a basis of you bought it for 10000 for example, then you pay tax on the whole forty. But so it's going to be up to you to do that. Now you can also, the second point I want to make before, um, before you give your opinion on that, but the second point is whenever you pay for a product or service, most of the time it won't matter to, um, to you. But if that service is a potentially a tax deduction, you will want to take that deduction, right? And that's where you will again run into, okay, how do I like now, what do I do now? Do I like consider it sold? What's my gain? How do I prove basis? How do I get a deduction? That kind of stuff. Uh, so those rules are still to be determined kind of by, by the government um, and each government will have its own rules. But in many countries, US included, Russia included, banks serve as the um, organizations of currency control, meaning uh, they are the ones who have, who must, according to their regulations, who must have um, mechanisms to detect potential uh, uh, offshore activity or uh, potential money laundering activity. There's their whole like divisions, AML, anti-money laundering in banks, IRS, everywhere. So even though it's not really banks' job to do that, the government, um, you know, by giving them registration, forces them to perform that uh, task. So when you transfer, you know, more than ten thousand bucks somewhere, um, the bank has to is obligated to report that transaction to the IRS, right? What the IRS does with that information, nobody knows. But 
Um, but that's, that's how it is. So how do you go, go around it? Yeah. I mean, it's like a hard thing for me to think about because like, I don't take deductions. I don't think about any sort of business expenses. So for me, it's just sort of play, like play, play money. And if there's no good way of reporting it, for me, it's actually kind of easy. So like if I buy Bitcoin, like it's right in the app, what I bought it for, I'm not, I don't have any like outside Coinbase wallets. I don't have a lot of money in it. So I'm not like super concerned that I can like enter all these numbers. It's not going to be a big deal for me. Where I get confused is like long-term, say I get more money or I want to gift someone a coin or someone gifts me a coin and it like explodes in value. I like, is there gift tax? Is there other stuff? And at some point it sort of goes outside of my knowledge. And that's when I do go to an accountant and I'm like, Hey, uh, this is what I did. Can you, can you help me make this right? And I think that's sort of part of the accounting job to to do that. Because if it was easy, I would do it myself. Um, you know, and you wish, I mean, you would hope that accountants know how to deal with it. Meaning um, what accountants do right now, because there's lack of proper um, regulation from the government, we make the best guesses so we can advise you and stuff, but nobody knows for sure what it's going to be like and what, um, and how it, I mean, how the, how get, it gets reported is sort of easy. It's a capital asset. So when you sell a capital assets, if asset, if you've held it for uh, over one year, then it's a long-term preferential rates, that kind of stuff. If you held it one year, unless Biden changes it, um, because it's been a long for a long time, it's been um, a tax benefit. Um, if you hold it for less than a year, um, a year or less, um, it's a short term, no preferential rates, whatever. You have to report the proceeds and then the basis. So what you bought it for, what you sold it for, what you bought it for, and you pay tax on the difference. And that's where with the gift. Um, that's where it becomes tricky. I don't think it's taxable as a gift. Um, if for example, you were gifted a coin that at the time of the gift was valued at 500 bucks. Um, technically when it comes to the gift tax, um, the transferor pays the tax reports and pays the tax. So the person who gifts you the stuff has to file a gift tax return over a certain amount. Uh, so you don't pay a tax. It goes against their exemption for the lifetime. Um, but if that gift is $15,000 this year, $15,000 or less per person. So I, as a person, can give you, Eugene, and your wife each $15,000, $30,000 total. That's not taxable. Uh, to me, I don't have to report it and have to worry about it. It's not taxable to you. Um, but with, you know, with the Bitcoin, so let's say someone gifted you, um, a Bitcoin for your wedding and it was worth 200 bucks. Um, and you kept it for a couple of years and you decide, decided to sell it. Um, then, and it's now worth 40, $40,000, right? <laughs> Technically the time of gift, the value was under 15,000. So there is no reporting that needs to be done. Um, and technically, um, 
I think that you would have to pay some sort of tax um, because your basis when it was gifted to you was 200. It, it, tra it travels with the person who gives the gift, the basis. Um, so you'd basically report it as a typical capital asset. You've, hold, you've held it for over a year um, and you would pay capital gains tax on the difference. Right. And just the same as someone can give me a gift, I could have bought it myself and held it in a not Coinbase wallet for years. And like that's not like trackable. Like you, you don't know where this like little thumb drive went and it becomes like a weird thing. But like in my case, like say we have this Bitcoin, like I would be using it for like a down payment on a house, for example. And I would want it to be very like above board. And I think that the banks that give the mortgage would also want to like see where we got this money. They would, they would do their due diligence. And it puts us in like a weird spot where like half of me is like, oh, cool, you know, Bitcoin's worth a lot now. But on the other hand, it's a pain and it's a pain of like unknowns. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen. And I feel like at some point it'll be too much work to like overcome it because I mean, alternatively, I can just take the Bitcoin, pretend that I will have to pay my like tax rate of it. So like keep a third of it or something and just, just do it. And be like, yeah, I money. I'm going to give a third of it away for no reason. And that way I'll be covered probably. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, if you held it for over a year, um, you would only pay up to 15%. Um, and I, I'm speculating because I sort of um, suspect your tax uh, brackets and there are certain rules um, that you are over. There's a way to pay zero tax, but you have to be in a very low um, income tax bracket to get there. Right. Um, but, but it's not a bad thing. You know, you're not paying... 40% tax, you're not paying 50% tax. I mean, 15% is actually not that bad. Right. And like, honestly, I'm not really worried about taxes. Like, It's still like a gift. We didn't have this thing before. And now we have it. It does feel sort of bad saying, look, I have $40,000. But in reality, I have a third less. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't feel good. But that is the reality. Like whether whether my taxes get taken out before I get my paycheck or after, like yeah, that that's what laws are for. <laughs> so like I'm not really worried about taxes. It's just the the frustration of not really knowing what to do, and I feel like out of my depth. And everyone I talk to is like, yeah, I've never sold anything. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, if you want the, to cash it out, I think you should. Um, it's only 15%. It's much less than a third. It's even less than a quarter or even one fifth. It's more like one sixth. Yeah. So it's a small price to pay to have cash on hand to buy a house, for example. Uh, but for people who didn't, and here's the thing, it's up to you to be able to prove the basis um, to the IRS if there's ever a question, meaning that it's not the IRS's responsibility to prove that you... Um, that your basis is incorrect. All they have to do is say, we will assume it's a zero unless you can show us um, convincing 
proof that others as to yeah, you know, otherwise. Honestly, in our case, it's the same thing. Like the guy that gave us the gift, he paid like two hundred dollars for it. So the difference, the the difference between two hundred dollars and zero, when you compare it to forty thousand, <laughs> I, I don't care. Like I, I'll, I, I will, I will take the the couple dollars hit to to make them kind of chill out about it. <laughs> Absolutely, but you only have one one coin. But you know, imagine people having more and um, and selling more, and, and like it is, it does matter. Like, yeah, maybe they won't find it, but they'll just assume it's zero and that's it, and charge you the t- tax on the rest. So, right, which is okay. The thing that I'm most concerned about, which is like annoying me more and more, is because I want to trade these coins. So I have, I think, like five hundred dollars in Coinbase, and like I open up the app once in a while, and I see that something's down. And I buy it and I see that something's up and I transfer it to Staplecoin, which has like some sort of, you know, weight to like USD. And that's sort of what I'm doing. So like when Bitcoin went up a little bit, I sold it, but I didn't sell it for cash. I transferred it to the Staplecoin thing. And then when it goes down, I transfer it back to whatever coin. Plus the whole interest I don't understand yet. And that, because I'm, I'm going to have, you know, hundreds of transactions next year and that's the frustrating part and i'm sort of hoping that coinbase will up their reporting game because from a from a tech side bringing it back to stuff that i know reporting is very very popular and like reporting tools like data aggregation and big data sort of reporting dashboard reporting is is a big field and it's a big feature that a lot of people want and you know developers like working on it so I I do I do think that the reporting will get nicer because the tools are there to make these reporting tools nicer. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the tool. I you know, today I had a mastermind call with a couple of colleagues, and one of them said that there is this app called um, CoinTracker.io, and um, supposedly it works with most. Co- uh, crypto trading platforms. I'm not, I don't know how extensive it is, but um, supposedly it basically converts the information from these exchanges to um, a readable format for tax reporting or something or something like that. So like this person actually forces his clients to um, sign up if they decide they want to do crypto because, and, and he's totally right because I was like, one of my clients was like, should I buy Bitcoins or crypto? And I'm like, if you do, I'm going to raise your tax preparation fees a lot. <laughs> so like by have, forcing them to sign up for this, it's actually interestingly better. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a, like a ton of trust in these small companies in that, you know, they'll get bought out. And again, best case scenario, Coinbase is working on like nice reporting, like reports. Uh, it, it would be it would be in their best interest to to do that, I think, because if if they keep letting people sort of get away with tax evasion, maybe uh, I feel like the government is going to be unhappy not with the people but with Coinbase because they're like the yeah. bank sort of. Absolutely, so, they will force them either yeah. to they will shut them down or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to easier buying, easier trading, easier reporting, and I think that that. That that has to be the future. So, yeah, I agree. I think that um, well, the government uh, will catch up in its time, but then these platforms that do want to be 
available to people in the U.S. Otherwise, the government can just block them at some point, and that's yeah. it. And they would be entirely correct in doing so. Yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the topic. love cryptocurrency. I hate cryptocurrency, but I love the potential. <laughs> no, it, it's interesting to play with, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eugene. It was an interesting conversation. Yeah. See you next week.